Welcome back. This is Steve Jackson, and this is Take It to God. Um, If you're just joining us this first time, this is going to be a weekly podcast where I'm just going to discuss things that I believe uh, Yahweh has been showing me throughout uh, many years. And um, so this this particular episode that we were working on, uh, this is part two of something I called Ministry, Your Fruit or Foundation. Part one really kind of discussed that concept. Um, And then this particular part is just going to discuss some of the verses that I believe tie into that, um, as well as kind of describing uh, the reasons why I chose the title for this podcast. If this is the first episode you've listened to, um, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to episode one of Ministry, Your Fruit or Foundation. Um, Otherwise, some of this stuff might not make any sense as to why I'm uh, going through these verses. Um, The particular uh, version of the scriptures that I use is called The Scriptures, and it's published by the Institute uh, for Scripture Research. and I, I kind of like this particular translation because it reinstates the uh, name of Yahweh and Yeshua and uses the Hebrew names that you would that you would have used. Um, and I, I kind of enjoy that. This is my personal preference. And to me, when I read this, uh, it, it it tends to make more sense to me. Um, but you know, that's just where I'm coming from. So, anyways, any anything that I uh, quote will be from that particular. Uh, version of the Bible. Um, the three verses or the three sections of Scripture that I wanted to uh, discuss that tie into um, or the risks of ministry being your foundation um, come from uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, that's the normal love is patient, love is kind. But I really want to uh, hone in on verse 1 through 3 where uh, Shaul, and uh, in the first episode I talk about um, that means Apostle Paul, Shaul, that's his Hebrew name. Uh, verse 1 says, If I speak with tongues of men and of messengers, but do not have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophecy and know all secrets and all knowledge, and if I have all belief, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am none at all. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, but do not have love, I am not profited at all. And I think this ties into, if I don't have Yahweh, love, anything I do is useless. Meaning, even if I have this great ministry, it doesn't mean anything if Yahweh's not the center of it. If Yahweh is not um, the, the, the reason we do it, if love's not the reason we do it, then there's no point. And it also means for people. But I believe that if you truly are seeking after Yahweh, if you truly are um, running after him, that this connection with people has to be there. It, it just has to be because we become an open vessel for him to minister. That becomes the fruit of our relationship. Thus, we really begin to understand what loving our neighbor is about because we're allowing him to do it through us. I've always said that that whole verse, that the, the two greatest commandments, love your Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, you really can't do the second half if you're doing the first half. And what I mean is, is that if every part of you is taken up by God, meaning all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, if every part is taken up by Yahweh, how could you possibly have room to love your neighbor? I just don't see it's possible. And so if we truly have Yahweh in the center of our lives, 
what Yahweh is doing is loving our neighbor through us, meaning he's using us as a vessel for his love. So we can't help but do the second half because we're open to the first. The second comes because of the relationship we have with Yahweh. So it is now the fruit of the intimacy that we have with him. So the second one you really can't do. And if you try to divide the two, you're like, well, I'll love my neighbor and love Yahweh, and I'll kind of make it an equal thing. Then you're not giving Yahweh everything. You're saying, well, Yahweh, I got to reserve some of this to love my neighbor. No, the love you have for your neighbor just naturally comes because you're open to Yahweh. That doesn't mean you're going to have a hard, you're not going to have a hard time with certain people. Um, and I think Yahweh makes sure makes sure of that so that you continually take it back to him. And you say, Yahweh, you've got to be the thing that helps me love this other person. But I've seen relationships. When Yahweh becomes the center of that relationship, uh, even inside a marriage, it becomes stronger because you're allowing Yahweh to show you what he sees in that other person. And that makes it more intense. So anyways... I think, uh, I think what, what Shaul Paul is getting at is um, without Yahweh, without that love, everything we do, all these ministries, all the great things that we could possibly do, you know, become useless. And I think Yeshua talks about that too, where he really says, um, people come up to him and say, yeah, but, but we prophesied in your name, but we healed in your name, we did all these great things. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't clothe the least of these. And when you don't do that to them, you don't do it to me. And so the, the ability to love somebody else just comes. It becomes the fruit of the intimacy that you have with Yahweh. The next verse I want to look at is Philippians 3, and it's um, verses 1 through 8. And um, this is where Shaul is, is talking about how, you know, we, we don't have any room to boast. Um, you know, because of Yahweh, that's what we have to boast in. And, and Shaul says, you know, and, and if anybody could boast in the flesh, that would be me. I mean, the ability, he had so much ability. Paul was able to do so many things and was so bright, probably one of the, the, the brightest when it came to scriptural knowledge of his generation. And, um, and yet he looked at that as useless without Messiah, without Yahweh. So his giftings were not worth anything unless Yahweh was the center of it, unless Yeshua, Messiah, was the center of it. Meaning that his ability to do ministry was based off of his connection with Yahweh. At least that's what I gained from that verse, is that he was saying, without this, without Yahweh as the center, none of it's worth it. And so the same thing is with us. Ministry that we do is nothing and useless unless Yahweh is the center of it. So if we just do ministry for the heck of it, it's not worth anything. And, and honestly, I don't think Yahweh really cares about that. The ministry is kind of just, yeah, whatever, in my mind with Yahweh, because the ministry comes because of that connection. Sure, he wants you to preach the good news, but if you don't have a great relationship with him, in his mind, he's like, the rocks could cry out and praise Yahweh and preach the good news. That's not what he wants. What he wants what he wants is the relationship with you because he knows that will bear fruit if it truly is a very strong connection. Now, I think one of the greatest verses, and I, and I think um, this kind of sounds maybe slightly morbid, but I, I think uh, it just shows how Yahweh works through people. Back in um, Daniel 4, 
The entire chapter four is spoken in first person from Nebuchadnezzar or Nebuchadnezzar, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that slightly, but Nebuchadnezzar would be the Hebrew name for Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he basically is talking about how um, he had had Daniel come and and interpret a dream for him, and basically it was showing that there was this tall tree that um, got knocked down, but the trunk was left. Um, and it was talking, and, and Daniel just fretted when he heard this dream because he's like, this dream is a is basically you. You are this tree, and you're going to get cut down unless you turn away from your sin and focus on righteousness. And it says that 12 months later, um, or at the end of the 12 months, um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was out um, kind of looking at his uh, creation and, and his kingdom and thought, oh, this is just beautiful. This is absolutely gorgeous, and this is because of me. I have done this. I've created this wonderful kingdom. And it shows that, you know, Daniel said, you know, if you don't turn away from that, I'm going to, that Yahweh is going to knock you down. And you're going to be in the wilderness, and you're going to be having to, to live with the animals, and you're going to eat like the cattle, and you're going to be mentally just going to go insane. And and, and I'm not going to read through the entire thing. I, I recommend that you go back to Daniel 4 and read it, um, that entire chapter. It, it really is kind of crazy. And I think to, to us, that's a warning as well, that if we allow our ministry or our creation, the thing that we have built up, be it a ministry or whatever, a business, but I, I, I see it tie into so many things, and I think ministry is one of those aspects. If we allow our ministry to become like this, oh my gosh, look at this ministry. It's beautiful. It is gorgeous. When we get to that point, if we're not willing to turn back to Yahweh and say, okay, Yahweh, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't want this to get in the way of you then I think at some point in time, Yahweh will have it come back and hit you. And, and I've seen that. I mean, we, we've seen that disaster hit so many people, especially leadership in the church, with with scandals and ministries falling apart and, and being investigated. And, and there's so many things. And, and a lot of it is the enemy attacking and trying to knock one down. But I feel to some extent that it's also a warning. And I think I think those times... It's not necessarily that, in my opinion, that you should just fight back and say, Satan, be gone. I think at those times you have to stop and say, Yahweh, why is this happening? I think that's the first thing that has to be asked is why. And if Yahweh then says, it's just the enemy, keep on trucking, this is what you need to do, well then be obedient and go with it and just assume that Yahweh's that everything's fine and that the enemy's just trying to knock you down. But at the same time, if you don't stop and just say, okay, Yahweh, what is the reason? Why is this happening? And if he says, because I'm trying to warn you that stuff's going on and we need to step back, then it's time to step back. But I, I, I have a feeling, I just have a feeling that a lot of people don't stop and ask why. They're just like, well, we just got to fight because this ministry is good and obviously the enemy is just trying to knock it down. Or it could it be that Yahweh's trying to stop you, building that relationship, making this next step of your ministry the fruit 
of your relationship with Yahweh, not the foundation by which you base everything and say, this is our ministry. We've got to grow it. We've got to, we've got to, you know, preach the good news. Well, sure you do. But maybe Yahweh wants you to speak that on a lower basis for the time being. Why does it have to be so grand? And it might be. I mean, I'm not negating the fact that there's a lot of ministries out there that are very large and very effective and very Yahweh-focused. But at the same time, I think Yahweh challenges us, even in that, in, in how grand it gets, when it gets really, really big. I think that's when Yahweh begins to challenge us and say, okay, this is great, this is grand, but what if I told you to stop? What if I told you you could never do it again? Are you going to be willing to do that? You know, and that's where the challenge comes in. So I, I think um, I, I think Daniel four is, is just one of those great examples of just reminding us to stop because Daniel did tell Nebuchadnezzar, if you don't turn away, this is what's going to happen. So you need to turn back to righteousness, and he didn't. He decided not to. But at the end of Daniel four, it it really is Nebuchadnezzar kind of saying, and <laughs> he's proven. And actually, verse 37 says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, am praising and, and exalting and esteeming the sovereign of the heavens, for all his works are truth and his ways right. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Meaning, when you've made your ministry or your business or whatever, your foundation, Yahweh is able to humble. And he did that for Nebuchadnezzar, I think, less as a as a, I want to reject him, but more as trying to turn Nebuchadnezzar over to, turn him back into righteousness. I mean, he gave him Daniel, and 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 Daniel was always putting these little nuggets of, of knowledge inside of him and saying, always turn back, look at Yahweh, make sure Yahweh's with you on this one before you step in. And so I think he was he was trying to spiritually bless Nebuchadnezzar by saying, I'm going to take you through this so that you always remember to look back at me. And so um, I think that's just a very important thing. And I, I, I think all these tie in, all these verses tie in with the concept of if you make your ministry your foundation, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Um, and, and, then, and inevitably you have to ask yourself, what do I want? Do I just want a big ministry or do I want to be close to Yahweh? That really is the question you have to ask. And I think it's a very important question you have to ask because if you're not asking that question, I think you're going to try to ignore Yahweh because you don't want to get into it. Um, I, I think if you continually just um, just push on with the ministry, afraid of him saying, eh, we're done, um, then that is the question. What is it you want? You want success and you want it in this ministry and we can put the God's stamp of approval on it and it looks great on the outside. you know. But you always got to be cautious. It's just because the ministry is hugely successful doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly what Yahweh wants. It might mean that you have an ability to make things work well, but it's not necessarily what Yahweh wants you to do. And unless you're continually taking it back to him, I think you're going to run into trouble. Well, I was hoping I was going to finish this thing up in the first 15 minutes, but that doesn't look like that was the case. So I'm going to go ahead and extend this on to a part three, and I'll obviously hopefully wrap it up by then. So as always, if you have any comments or questions, uh, the email that's on your screen, uh, feel free to email me. So I will talk to you soon. 